It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to a Friday. Welcome in, Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. I'm not going to lie, I'm mailing it in today. Mailing it in. I wrote a couple of things down. I just wasn't in the mood. Just not a, you know, every once in a while you need that three-day weekend. Well, I'm I'm taking it. Scooter, I hope you got some help for me today. We could have just not done a show, John. And I know. Could have but, taken uh, an know, early Friday. Uh, my eight listeners really depend on me. <laughs> we, we dropped from 12. Buzz huh? and Ed and Tony, they, they depend on this uh, humor and intellect every day. <laughs> it is Friday, October 14th. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open. If you'd like to help me out, join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450, 384-1450. That's the Eminem Cartage Hotline. The Thornton's text line is another option, 502-414-1450. Text the show at that number, 414-1450. Yankees in Cleveland were rained out last night. They'll play at 107 today. I'm excited about that. Afternoon baseball before I go do some uh, – Football on the radio tonight? I love it. Unsponsored six-pack coming up. I know you know this, Scooter. One in five last week. Back to my roots. One Mm. in five in week one. One in five in week six. That was the week to bet against you. And I said that. I said, look, I'm due for a bad week here. I know my history. They never keep coming in in, uh, winning clumps. And I had three straight four and two weeks. It was time. And uh, I hope you bet against me. One in five. One in five last week. Now nineteen up, twenty-two down with one tie on the season. Which, uh, to be honest, based on past performance, uh, I'll take it. I'll take it. But we'll try again today. Unsponsored six pack, three college games, three pro games against the spread. I've already gone to my favorite betting parlor and put down a little bit of money on these games. So. There you go. NFL last night, the Commanders over the Chicago Bears, 12-7. We had a 12-9 game last week in overtime, Indianapolis over Denver on Thursday night football. All field goals. At least we had a couple of touchdowns last night. At least we had a touchdown for each team last night. But it was just not pretty. It's just not pretty. New Orleans and Arizona next Thursday night, so gear up for that. A little better. There were some great college games last night. Well, there was one great college game. West Virginia beat Baylor 43-40, to and Central Florida, who Louisville beat, remember, 70-13 to over Temple. You know who Temple's freshman quarterback is? No. Kurt Warner's son, huh. T.J. Warner. How about that? But uh, T.J. Warner, who uh, I think they led the game 7-0. They got beat 70-13. to Ah, Temple football. Maybe Matt Rule can come back and take over Temple again like he did at one point if, in his if, career. If I'm Matt Rule, I'm sitting yeah. my fat butt on the couch for 834,000. Well, like, yeah, you are, but somebody's going to call, whether it's Arizona State or uh, – Do you take the job? <laughs> I hate to say this, Oklahoma <clears> – <throat> Brent Venable is going to get one year. Howard Schnellenberger got one year at Oklahoma. They're not patient. If you're getting paid $10 million a year, you're taking a job? I'm not. You still I'm get good. paid that money, right, even if you take a job. That's true. So you can double up you on de- it. That's you're a good double call. dipping. Good call. 
I could go back to the post office right now. In fact, I got a letter in the mail a few weeks ago. They want me. They want me back. <laughs> so I get double dip. I can get my retirement and uh, make a little money on the side doing something I did for thirty five years. I'm not going to do that. No. Okay. No. No. I'm happy. I'm happy. All right. We will talk college football. We'll give you the six pack. I'll uh, look at some of these. It's a great weekend. There are six top twenty five teams that are on a bye this week. But, man, there are some great top 25 matchups as well. So we'll go through that. Uh, Will Levis looks like he's going to play. And how do we know that? Because the spread went from Mississippi State favored by seven to Mississippi State favored by four. There's only one player that can make that kind of a difference. That is Will Levis for the Kentucky Wildcats. That would be like uh, Patrick Mahomes getting hurt in practice today and not being able to play against the Bills. The Bills are three-point favorites Sunday anyway. If Mahomes doesn't play, I think that number jumps up to, oh, I don't know, 10. But Will Levis looks like he's going to play against Mississippi State, and it's a game going into a bye next week. Uh, and you come out at Tennessee the week after that, that's a game Kentucky really needs to, to uh, win. All right, back to the NFL. Washington last night. Daniel Snyder was in attendance. The owner of the Washington Redskins slash football team slash now commanders. And did you notice who was sitting next to him, Scooter? No. He had a black guy on one side of him and a black guy on the other side of him. And they were engaged in conversation. And he wanted to be seen. Now, if you don't know the story, Daniel Snyder's been in trouble forever. Misogynistic, racist. Um, bad work environment in Washington for for female employees. And he should not be an owner of a professional franchise. He probably should be in jail. However, billionaires don't get told what to do by anybody. That's just the way it is. If I'm a billionaire, you're not going to tell me what to do. I own the team. I'm not selling the team. And in, a, in an article that came out, in a story that came out this week, Daniel Snyder says out loud, I've got a lot of dirt on all these other NFL owners. I got dirt on Roger Goodell. If they want to fight, bring it on because I'm exposing all of their little secrets as well. Yikes. Owners don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. Everybody has skeletons in their closet, even Scooter Dingus. Even yours truly. They don't want to hear that. And they're billionaires too, by the way. There is a meeting of owners in New York next week. Now, Roger Goodell has told Congress, and he said out loud, I do not have the power to make Daniel Snyder sell his team. I just don't. That power lies with the other owners. The other owners are the ones that can form a committee, take a vote. Daniel Snyder, you're out. You have to sell your team. That's the only way you can make him sell his team. And he's not going to do it, and he, he's made it very clear he's not going to do it voluntarily. But if you're Jerry Jones or you're Jeffrey Lurie or you're uh, the Walton family in Denver, the new owners of the Broncos, how far do you push here at this? Now, according to Al Michaels on the broadcast last night, Getting Daniel Snyder to sell his team is not on the agenda to discuss next week. Doesn't mean it won't be put on the agenda, 
But as of last night, the script that they're going to go by in New York has nothing to do with getting rid of Daniel Snyder in Washington. How did the NBA owners come together and decide that Robert Sarver needs to sell his team? Because that's the tactic that they should deploy. Um, the public, NBA public the, pressure, right? The NBA public pressure won, um, but the NBA owners and Adam Silver, for all his posturing, and he's been a great commissioner. He said, "I can't do anything about it." While at the same time saying, "We know who can do something about it," and that's the other owners. And the other owners decided that the league would have to take a hit, and they would take a hit if they didn't get rid of Robert Sarver. Same thing with Donald Sterling years ago. Now, the difference was with Donald Sterling, there was audio. When there's audio or video, it makes a difference. If you hear Ray Rice knock down his wife in an elevator, that's one thing. When you see the video that we saw of him knocking her out, and dragging her, that's different. Once you see it or you hear it, then there's more of an outcry. Whether that's right or wrong, there's more of an outcry. we got to get rid of this guy. Ray Rice never played again in the NFL. Donald Sterling, there was audio. There was audio of him talking to his wife about hanging out with black players. He didn't like it. And we heard him. And we heard what a racist he was. The league said, and by the way, the NBA, predominantly African-American. So the players' union and the owners got together and said, we got to get rid of Donald Sterling. Robert Sarver, same thing. Wasn't racist, but same thing. There was racism involved at a certain level. But these owners are scared. They're scared that if they do this, he has hired private investigators. He's admitted to that to get dirt on these other owners. And some of their indiscretions are going to come out, and some of them might be blisteringly awful. But, again, billionaires don't answer to anybody. Daniel Snyder had no problem last night being right in front of the camera, front and center, watching his team play. If you're Daniel Snyder, or if I'm Dan Snyder, and they're coming after me, guess where I'm at last night? I'm behind closed doors in that stadium somewhere, in my office maybe, watching the game. I'm not sitting out front and center, but he wanted that. He wanted to be seen last night. He wanted to be seen hanging with his African-American friends, having a good time, watching his awful team, and they've been awful for a long time, put up a 12 spot and get their second win of the season. The game was not entertaining. I said this yesterday. If you had a choice, the question was, Would if I gave you the choice yesterday, you can watch both baseball games. Now, it ended up one got rained out. But you could watch both baseball games, or you could watch that NFL game, but you couldn't cross over. Which one would you take? I would have watched both baseball games before watching a half of that NFL game. It was so bad. The week before was bad. This was just as bad, if not worse. Worse. Carson Wentz was 12 of 22 for 99 yards. Uh, Brian Robinson, great story. Took the, got the drive-by, you know, got shot a couple times in the wrong place, wrong time, but he recovered, scored his first NFL touchdown last night, former Alabama running back, 17 carries, 60 yards for the Commanders. It was a feel-good story. 
But the football played last night was pathetic. Chicago should have won the game. Justin Fields was 14 of 27 for 190, one touchdown, one interception. And I'll talk about that. He rushed 12 times for 88 yards. Three trips inside the five-yard line. Three. They didn't score. They didn't score a touchdown. They didn't score a field goal. First time down, he threw that one interception. He threw it directly into the helmet of an oncoming lineman who did not raise his hands to try to knock it down. He didn't even know the pass was coming. It flew about 30 feet into the air and into the arms of a Washington defensive lineman. And then two other times, they got inside the five. They actually got to the one-yard line both times and could not score, turned the ball over on downs, including the pass at the end of the game that was uh, batted up in the air. Darnell Mooney came down with it about a foot away from where he needed to. And there you go. You lose. 12-7. to And I lose my parlay. I don't know how you believe in the – I couldn't bet on Washington. Wait, parlay? Yeah. Yeah, they under too. Oh, you did a single game parlay on that crap? Oh, yeah. I had to have a reason to watch, Justin. You've got a big problem, John. I had to have a reason to watch that game. I got to watch that game because I got to talk about that game. Now, I had Baylor and West Virginia on the other TV, so I was listening to Al Michaels, but I was mainly watching college football. All right, let's be fair. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be ill. I didn't want to watch that game. Watching that game, I had to make people sick last night. <laughs> Just brutal. Now, in two weeks, I got Baltimore and Tampa Bay on Thursday night football, so it, it's going to get better. But I looked at the schedule coming ahead down the road. It's not good. Houston's on. Jaguars Jets is on one week. Oh. Um, that may be worse my than Titans, last night. My Titans, who are not fun to watch, they're on twice. Last Thursday night game of the year is Cowboys at Titans. Now, the Cowboys always get viewers. But some of these games coming up, Jaguars, Jets. Hey, they're both over 500. Who knows? You never know. Maybe it'll be good. Hey, at least at least the pitiful Steelers aren't on on a Thursday night. That's oh, true. I'm sorry, too soon? They already have been. Is it too soon? No. I mean, you're not wrong in that <laughs> assessment. They are pitiful. Uh, Kenny Pickett era, it's underway. It is well underway in Pittsburgh. By the way, there's a couple great NFL games this weekend. Oh, Bills yeah. Chiefs. Game I mean, of the year? Game of the year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Game of the year, pre- preview of the AFC title game, which could be a preview of the Super Bowl winner. 425, uh, Bills Chiefs. I think we get Romo and uh, Jim Nance for that one. The uh, Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. But they're Dallas-Philadelphia Sunday night. Cowboys 4-1. Eagles the only undefeated team left in the league at 5-0. Eagles are six-point favorites. Cooper Rush will get the start for Dallas. Dak Prescott not quite ready. Now, Troy Aikman said something interesting yesterday. And look, people, a lot of these media members, they say things just to say things. Right? He said, look, if they beat the Eagles, Cooper Rush should be the starting quarterback. That's it. No questions asked. Okay, Troy. You remember when Troy got hurt? You're too young, Justin. In one of the Cowboys Super Bowl years, Troy got hurt. Steve Berline took over at quarterback and went 5-0. and 
Guess what happened when Troy was ready to play again? Troy came back and played, and they won the Super Bowl. Dak Prescott's quarterback of the Cowboys. If you look at Cooper Rush's numbers, they're not good. Dallas is playing great defense. They haven't let an opponent score in the 20s yet this year. Their only loss was 19-3 to to Tampa Bay. They don't let anybody score, and their defense scores. Remember last week against the Rams? Defensive touchdown and a block punt before Cooper Rush ever came on the field. Cooper Rush throws for 175 to 190 yards a game. He hands it to, to Ezekiel Elliott. He hands it to Tony Pollard. They play field position, and the defense with Micah Parsons stops the other team. That is a top three defense in the league right now, if not the best. Cooper Rush is not going to be the quarterback when Dak Prescott's ready to play. And Troy Aikman knows it. I don't know why he would say it other than clicks. Got to get clicks, right? Got to get likes on social media. All right, we'll take a break. Come back, preview some college football, talk, uh, and I'll set the baseball schedule up for you today. Baseball is here today just to get you ready for college football and pro football. I mean, that's, that's all it is. It's just a time filler. But you got three games today, and they're all big games. Talk about all that and more. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Ass. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Eminem Cartage hotline open, 384-1450. I'm still surprised I haven't heard from Buzz Frank this week. Buzz does the uh, manual games on Old Goat Radio. St. X beat manual 21-10 to 10 on uh, Friday night, last Friday night. He said he was going to call, win or lose. Come on, Buzz. What's wrong, man? It's, it's okay. Seems like a sore loser. Seems like a sore loser. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open, 384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. We have high school football tonight right here on the Big X. St. X and Butler at Butler. Senior night at Butler, so an extended 20-minute halftime. <sighs> Gotta love that. You know how I hate that. <laughs> 7 o'clock uh, kickoff, 645 pregame. Tony Burke and myself right here on the Big X. St. X at Butler. Justin will be at Floyd Central. New Albany comes across the, uh, well, what do they go? Across the acreage? Across the county line. Yeah, across the county line to take on the Highlanders. New Albany and Floyd Central, 7 o'clock kickoff. 94.7 WFI Justin Kalen on the call. I might might use that phrase tonight. New Albany traveling across the county line. That's good. That is good. That's good. I'm in Butler, so I'll say Sanex travels. Uh, to Dixie Highway area. I don't know. <laughs> Same county. So I don't know what else I'll say. So high school football tonight on and then on a big X tomorrow, Indiana football, the Hoosiers back home to take on the Maryland Terrapins. Game time 3.30, I guess 2.30 for Don Fisher and the uh, Indiana pregame right here on the big X. Tomorrow, Hoosiers desperately need a win. Not sure they can get it tomorrow. In fact, not sure there's one on the schedule that they can get the rest of the way. All right, baseball today. Uh, first of all, ALDS yesterday, Jordan Alvarez did it again. 
they threw him a fastball, Louis Castillo, and he hit it into the Crawford boxes in left field. Second game in a row that Alvarez has hit a go-ahead home run for Houston. They beat Seattle 4-2. to two. It was 2-1 to one when he stepped in with one on and two out, and I said, don't pitch to him. They pitched to him. Three to two. Now they did walk him later in the game when it was three to two with a runner at first and two outs. Intentional walk. And Alex Bregman followed that up with a first pitch single to uh, score the fourth run and make it four to two. So, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Sometimes, as the Yankees found out, it rains. Four to two, the win gives Houston a 2 0 series lead as they go back to Seattle. It's going to be crazy in Seattle tomorrow. They haven't been in the playoffs since 2001. This place is going to be rocking tomorrow. Getting a little rusty and dusty there in Seattle. Yes, yes. They 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 close up shop early in Seattle. Uh, they got to take the boards back off of the stadium windows and uh, get ready for a game tomorrow. 4.07 tomorrow on TBS, Lance McCullers for the Astros. George Kirby who you've never heard of, but he's pretty good. I've heard of him. He'll Come pitch on, for the uh, Seattle Mariners in game three. Uh, today, you got a triple dip. Starting at 107, Cleveland and the Yankees in that rainout makeup game. Shane Bieber for Cleveland. Nelson, uh, Nestor Cortez for the Yankees. Cleveland plus 126. The Yankees are minus 150 in this game. I expect a pitcher's duel. Look for a low-scoring game. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take Cleveland today. I'm going to take Cleveland because I have bet Cleveland to win the World Series at uh, 35 to 1. So I'm really pulling for the Indians here. Or I'm, oh, wow. The Guardians. My bad. Can't say Indians, John. E, e me. <laughs> e me. I've used the term Redskins and Indians so far. You're today. canceled. <sighs> That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. I'm good with that. 437 today, game three in Philadelphia. Let's talk about another team. Another fan base that hasn't had a home playoff game. They haven't had one uh, in 11 years. So the Phillies are at home against Atlanta today. Atlanta originally had Charlie Morton scheduled to pitch. They have since changed that. They moved Charlie back to tomorrow. Spencer Strider, the rookie, will go for Atlanta today, 11-5 with a 267 ERA against Aaron Nola. Nola's 11-13 for Philadelphia, but he's 325 ERA. Uh, he's good. FS1, 437, first pitch there. Again, that series tied at a game apiece. These five-game series, man, if you don't win the first two, it's anybody's ball, anybody's series. And 1-1 uh, in Philly and 1-1 in L.A. San Diego as well. Atlanta is plus 100 today. So Philadelphia is a slight favorite at minus 120. You're telling me I can get plus odds on the better team? I already, I already did get plus odds yes, on the better please. team. Uh, 8.37 tonight, Dodgers-Padres from San Diego. Again, it's been a while since the Padres had a home playoff game. Tony Gonsolin, and I didn't know these numbers until I was writing them down today. The Dodger pitcher is 16-1 and with a 2.14 earn run average. We talk about the Dodger pitchers. Well, they got Kershaw, Walker Bueller's on the shelf. They don't have anybody. They do have guys. Julio Arias in game one. And Tony Gonsolin, along with Tony Anderson, they've been unhittable this year. Blake Snell, veteran, playoff veteran with Tampa Bay. He will pitch with for San Diego tonight, 8-10 and 10 with a 338 ERA. That game is also on FS1. Dodgers minus only 125 here 
San Diego with Snell on the mound, plus 105. Uh, I, I, again, I got to go Dodgers here. Yeah, I'm the same. Although Snell has pitched really well. I'm going with all three road teams today. Cleveland, Atlanta, and uh, the Dodgers. Is there a sport where home field advantage means less than baseball? Hockey. You think? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, hockey stadiums can get they pretty get raucous. crazy, yeah. but it, but there's glass around them. There's glass in front. You know, they they can't affect the game like a basketball court fan right on courtside, or a uh, baseball fan, or a football fan is outdoors. They they're they're blocked from the action. Mm-hmm. So these guys on the ice, I mean, they they don't care that the fans are there. They love it. Uh, the home environments are great. I get that. They don't care, in my opinion. But I, I agree. Baseball, you're only as good as your starting pitcher. You're mm-hmm. not as good as your fan base. Uh, so, and Spencer Strider has been unbelievable. He's got the porn mustache. He's uh, <laughs> I don't like why I don't pull for him usually. I don't pull for the Braves usually. But uh, I'll be pulling for him today. Um, Phillies are a great story. Cleveland's a great story. San Diego's a good story. San Diego's got a lot of talent, so they're just a good story, right? They're just a good start. Phillies, you look at the Phillies after Bryce Harper, and you go, okay, Kyle Schwarber led the league in home runs, but he also led the league in strikeouts. They've got a shortstop nobody's ever heard of. They've got nice ancillary players like uh, Reese Hoskins. Real Muto is one of the best catchers in the game, but it's, you know the pitching staff, there's nothing exciting there. Yet here they are. Here they are. Cleveland, same thing. Jose Ramirez is probably the only only guy that casual baseball fan even knows from the Cleveland Guardian. But man, they they hit and run, they steal bases, they go first to third, they do not strike out, which is a rarity in today's baseball uh, world, uh, and they have great pitching. So fun to watch. I don't know how long Cleveland can hang on against the mighty New York Yankees, but the Yankees are going to do three things: they're going to strike out, they're going to homer, and they're going to walk. And if you can limit the walks and limit the homers, yeah, now we got something. Aaron Judge was 0 for 3 in game one with uh, three strikeouts. He did walk and score a run that they needed in that 4-1 to win, but uh, Yankees should be prohibitive favorites in this series, and they are. So Houston's on the verge. Yankees, it's going to be Houston Yankees. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Now in the National League, all of a sudden, with those both those series 1-1, who knows? You can't let teams hang around. And San Diego won game two in L.A., and they're thinking, yeah, we lost 14 out of 19 to these guys in the regular season, but we're tied. We got home home field advantage now. You, you let them hang around. Atlanta did the same thing. Philadelphia came out, took a 7-1 lead in game one, hung on to win 7-6, and now here they are hanging around. So you never know what's going to happen in a three-game series. And in the National League, that's what we got now. We got two three-game series. You have to wonder where the Padres would be if Tatis hadn't been so selfish, you know? You know what? I wonder if they would be this good. Mm -hmm. I mean, Maybe not, yeah. You don't know. They brought in Josh Hader at the trade deadline. They got Brandon Drury from the Reds. Uh, they, uh, They got rid of Eric Hosmer. That cleared up their first base situation. They got guys that can rake. Now, Manny Machado, as much as he's a turd, for lack of a better word, he he can hit, and he can play some third base as well. So they're fun to watch. They got good pitching as well. 
this Dodger San Diego series is, I think Atlanta still beats Philly. You know, Atlanta, I think I heard this, I didn't look it up. So this is sort of hearsay. I think they didn't, they didn't lose a three game series. They didn't get swept all year long in a three game series. All year long. Pretty impressive. And that, that just doesn't happen. I mean, the Dodgers got swept by the Pirates. It, it just doesn't happen. The Cubs swept the Mets. My Cubs. So, I mean, it, that doesn't happen. Atlanta is, to me, Atlanta is, is clearly the best um, talent pool in baseball. I know you talk about, people talk about the Dodgers and all the players they have. Braves got, they got studs, and you know what? They're going to have them for a while. Dansby Swanson's probably the only guy they might lose to free agency. Austin Riley and Ronald Acuna and Matt Olson and all of these guys, they, they've got them signed up for five, six, seven years to come. Dansby Swanson's the only guy, and who, who says he they're not going to sign him? So I got a lot of reasons to pull against the Braves because they're too good. You know, one thing I do talk about on this show is why do people hate greatness? You pull against the Yankees. You pull against Tom Brady. You pull, against, you pull against LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. I love greatness. I love watching great teams and great players be great. Yet here I am with an Atlanta team that came from under 500 at the All-Star break last year, won the World Series, traded or got rid of Freddie Freeman, didn't re-sign Freddie Freeman, brought in Matt Olson. They haven't missed a beat. They chased down the Mets in August and September and probably, in my opinion, favorites to win the World Series. Favorites to win the World Series. And that's a strong statement with the Yankees and the Dodgers and Houston still in the playoffs. But I think the the smart money is on Atlanta because they don't panic. They're very talented, and they they got good pitching, and they just keep winning. But why do I pull against them? I'm going against my own philosophy, which is if they're great, I want to see the greatness out of them. I don't know. You got some things to figure out. I know. I need a therapist, Scooter. (laughs) I need a couch, lay down on, and just do some of that meditation that Justin Fields was doing last night (laughs) on the sideline. It didn't help him, so it probably won't help me either. Uh, all right, we got the six-pack coming up, but before we get there, Will Levis looks like he's going to play, but I was I was looking at the numbers of this Mississippi State team. My goodness, they're good. Mike Leach has it, has it rolling down in Stark Vegas right now. They got one loss. That was to LSU. Everybody throws in a stinker. Kentucky fan, you hope last week was the stinker, right? You hope. Going forward, no more stinkers. Will Rogers, quarterback for the Mississippi State Bulldogs, has completed 71.3% of his passes for 2,210 yards, 22 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Those are Heisman numbers. Now, he's not going to win the Heisman because he plays at Mississippi State. They're never on television. But they've got one loss. They've got impressive wins the last two times out against Texas A&M and Arkansas. Not just three-point wins, but impressive, dominating wins over those two teams. 
354.7 pass yards per game. That is number five in the country. Now, Kentucky struggled against the run last week, but they've been pretty good against the pass. Mississippi State will run the football. Mike Leach, air, remember the air raid when he was an assistant under Hal Mummy at Kentucky? Oh, air raid. We're going to throw it. We're going to use three seconds on the play clock. We're, we're not going to slow down. He has, it's not that he's abandoned that philosophy, because as I mentioned, they average over 350 yards passing per game. But he has embraced the run game. He has embraced the fact that you have to have a little bit of balance. Not a lot of balance, but you got to have a little bit of balance. Their defense has been good. Their offense is explosive. And their quarterback has been a guy that you can rely on. This is a dangerous game for Kentucky. Will Levis has to stay upright. He has to get rid of the football. And he has to find some receivers, some of which may be banged up this week. Dane Key, Tavion Robinson, they're expected to play, but there are nicks and, and bruises here. Chris Rodriguez has to be Chris Rodriguez, and that offensive line has got to be good again for Kentucky. They are a four-point underdog. I like Kentucky to bounce back this week. Kentucky fan probably doesn't want to hear that. It's not part of the six-pack. But I do think the Cats bounce back this week and get a much-needed win heading into the bye week because if you lose this game, all right, you're 4-3, and three, you're looking at Tennessee and Georgia down the line, and all of a sudden you're talking about the, you know, the, the Texas Bowl or the Poulin Weed Eater Bowl, trying to uh, improve and not regress Remember, it's a 10-win team from last year, and you got the same quarterback. If he's healthy, I think they'll be fine. And if he's healthy, and I'm not sure he is, I think they'll win tomorrow night. I right, we'll take a break. Unsponsored six-pack coming up, and we'll look at some of the other college games on the slate. Big weekend of college football coming up. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage, right here on The Big Act. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the week. Eminem Cartage Hotline is open 502 384 1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 384 1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 414 1450. Text the show at that number, 502 414 1450. I did have a couple people reach out. I said I had. What I say, I had eight listeners. I had a couple reach out. Hey, I'm listening. That's nice. My buddy Buck from uh, Iroquois Park, he's waiting on the six-pack. He's got his pen and his paper ready because he's going to bet against me every week. He is in now independently wealthy because of that. <laughs> you should start getting a kickback off Richard, that. Yeah, Phoenix Hill Richard with a text that he was listening. So it's good to know that I'm entertaining at least a few of my close friends here on the uh, radio today. All right, let's do it. You got the drum roll ready? I know you're not ready. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How do I forget this every single week? I don't ask for much. I know. That's, that's the I really thing. don't. Like, I don't ask for much out of my producer. <laughs> Just, I should uh, have it ready to go. All hey, right. how, hey, how about a drum roll? How about it? Time for the unsponsored six-pack. <laughs> there we go. 
Unsponsored six-pack brought to you by me. All right, let's start with what looks like a misprint. All right? 3.30 on uh, ABC, Oklahoma. No, I take it back. 12 o'clock. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm prepared. On ESPN2, Kansas at Oklahoma. Kansas is ranked 19th in the country. They're 5-1 and one after that loss to TCU last week. Uh, Oklahoma's 3-3. Three and three. They've lost three in a row, including that 49-0 stinker in the Red River rivalry, easy for me to say, against Texas last week. Oklahoma is a nine-point favorite. That makes zero sense. Kansas did lose their quarterback. But the Sooners haven't stopped anybody from scoring uh, since the leaves started changing color. I'm taking Oklahoma, and I'm giving the nine. Why? Because Las Vegas is a lot smarter than I am. Brent Venables is on that first-year hot seat at Oklahoma, and he wants off of it badly. I think Oklahoma stops Kansas and their limited offense with a backup quarterback Put some points on the board, and Sooner Nation can feel a little better about themselves. This is a crazy pick, and it's probably the only one I'll get right all weekend. This is a a really dumb pick, but I'm going with Oklahoma because I don't understand why they're a nine-point favorite, and Vegas knows a lot more than I do. 3.30, now I'll get to that Oklahoma State at TCU game, the Cowboys are ranked 8th in the country. The Horned Frogs are ranked 13th. Both teams come in this game 5-0. and I mentioned TCU coming off that big win. Game day was in, in Lawrence, Kansas. TCU went on the road. Max Dugan is a really, really good quarterback. That's an ABC 330 game. And TCU, I think, is the real deal. They're giving four points at home against Oklahoma State. I'm taking the Horn Frogs here and laying the four. 330 CBS, number three, Alabama at number six, Tennessee. Both teams undefeated. The Tide is 6-0. The Vols are 5-0. Hendon Hooker is a 24-year-old, eighth-year quarterback at Tennessee. He's really good. He throws the deep ball well. That's one of the few spots where Alabama has a problem. Bama's a seven-point favorite here. And logic tells me that Vegas knows what they're doing. Alabama's the bet. But in this instance, I'm going to go against logic. Neyland Stadium is going to be rocking like it hasn't rocked in years. Peyton Manning is showing up for game day to to be the guest picker tomorrow on the uh, game day picks. Tennessee is going to be ready to rock and roll. And if they can win this game outright, all of a sudden you've got Hendon Hooker for Heisman candidacy. You've got Tennessee wanting to get in the playoff and having a chance to get in the playoff. We talked yesterday about how difficult this will be. Because not only would Tennessee have to beat Alabama and Georgia in the regular season, they'd probably have to beat Alabama again in the uh, SEC championship game. That is a very difficult road. And I'm not sure they can do all three, but I do think they can pull this one off. Alabama 
has been mortal all season long. They should have lost to Texas. They almost lost and could have lost to Texas A&M. They've been living on borrowed time for a while. And even if Tennessee doesn't win, I'm getting seven points here at home with a really good Tennessee team. So I'm going to take Tennessee and the seven points. Professional football. One o'clock game, the Bengals in New Orleans. Cincinnati's two and three, as are the New Orleans Saints. The Bengals have lost all three games on the last play of the game. All three, last play of the game, including to those awful Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that accurate? That is accurate. That's crazy. Look it up. New Orleans, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Taysom Hill will get some run at quarterback. Jameis Winston has just been Jameis Winston. And the Bengals are only a point and a half favorite here. I'm going to take the road team and give the point and a half here. Simple logic, Bengals are better than New Orleans. If they win by one, okay, I'll lose this bet. But if they win by anything other than one, I'm going to win this bet. I think Joe Burrow goes back to New Orleans where he's close to Baton Rouge. He started LSU. You're going to see a lot of LSU um, jerseys in the stands with Burrow's name spelled weird on the back. I'm taking the Bengals here, giving the one and a half. I didn't want to pick this next game, but it is the game of the week. 425 on CBS, Buffalo and Kansas City. Bills are 4-1, uh, and one, and the, as are the Chiefs. The Bills have been the better team most of the year. They're giving uh, two and a half on the road to Kansas City. Now, normally I would tell you anytime you get the Chiefs at home with points, you always take the Chiefs at home with points. But I believe this Buffalo team is just a little bit better than anybody else in the league. Well, actually, they're a lot better than most teams in the league. A little bit better than Kansas City. I'm going to take the Bills here. They want to prove that this team is not a fluke. And we're going to come in here and our defense is going to slow down Patrick Mahomes. Here's what you got to do if you want to stop the Chiefs. Guard guard Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Not Trevor Kelsey. Anybody can guard Trevor Kelsey. (laughs) Guard Travis Kelsey. It really is that simple. Double team him if you have to. It doesn't if, matter, though, John. I it, mean, they you can triple team him. He's still going to get his He catches. somehow does, doesn't he? He's a monster. I mean, if Marquez Valdez-Scantling beats you, then that was just meant to be. Tyreek Hill's not there anymore. They haven't missed him yet. There's going to come a time when they miss him, and I think that time is this Sunday. I'm going to take Buffalo, and I'm going to uh, take the two-and-a-half points. Did I say they were given two-and-a-half or getting two-and-a-half? Getting. They're the favorite. Yeah, they're giving two and a half. So I'm going to take the Bills here, and I'm going to lay the two and a half and uh, hope Josh Allen just is Josh Allen. If he's Josh Allen, they're going to win this game. Sunday night football, Philadelphia at Dallas. Uh, Dallas is 4-1. and one. The Eagles, uh, the game is at Philly, by the way. The Eagles are 5-0. and oh. Nobody goes undefeated anymore. The 1972 Dolphins still celebrate every time the last undefeated team loses in a season. 1972, nobody goes undefeated. Dallas has one of the, if not the best, defense in the land. So why would I take Philadelphia? Because Philadelphia is rocking and rolling right now. They got one of the best offenses in the NFL. Jalen Hurts appears to be the real deal. 
He's throwing it to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Dallas Goddard is a great tight end. Their running game is good, and their defense has been one of the top five in the NFL as well. You can talk all you want about Dallas's defense. Philly's defense is up there with them. And it's Cooper Rush against Jalen Hurts. Cooper Rush, I know he's 4-0. I get it. Look at the stats. Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys have relied on Dallas's defense and Dallas's special teams. Philly has good defense. Philly has good special teams. And Philly has good offense. That's the difference. I'm taking the Eagles, and I'm going to give the six here against Dallas. I think the spread's a little high. And for that reason, I go back to Vegas is smarter than I am, and I'm going to take Philadelphia because I thought this would be a three-and-a-half-point spread. It's six. So there you go. Unsponsored six-pack. Oklahoma minus nine at home against Kansas. Tennessee plus seven at home against Alabama. TCU minus four at home against Oklahoma State. Bengals minus one and a half at New Orleans. Buffalo minus two and a half at the Chiefs. And Philadelphia at home minus six against the Dallas Cowboys. By the way, Tony Burke's lock of the week. He couldn't be here this week, but he did pass it along to me. He's only lost one all year. He's five and one in his locks of the week. He had Clemson last week against Boston College, given 20 and a half. They won 31 to three. He likes Michigan. Minus the seven at home against Penn State. Noon game tomorrow. Both teams undefeated in Ann Arbor. I'm not sure I like that. Scooter, your thoughts? I like that. You that like, was that was like one Michigan? of my picks this morning that I really liked Michigan minus seven, but I've been on a cold streak. So, Michigan I, fl- slept- so I flipped it to Penn State plus seven. <laughs> Michigan slept through that first half against Indiana last week. Penn State is coming off of a bye week. Keep that in mind. But uh, this is one of those top 20 matchups. I talked about Penn State ranked 10th, Michigan ranked 5th. That's a noon start, so 11 a.m. in Ann Arbor on uh, on Fox tomorrow. Uh, the winner, well, I mean, Ohio State's in the same division. They're in the big. They're all in the Big Ten East. So I guess the winner is the biggest competition that Ohio State will have the rest of the year. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, if it comes down to Ohio State, Michigan again at the end of the year, it will. Uh, with both teams undefeated, there's a good chance of that. But this is a chance for Penn State to win this game. And then even if they lose to Ohio State, they'll finish uh, second in the Big Ten East. Everybody's going to lose to Ohio State, though, right? Yeah. They're the favorites now uh, on DraftKings to uh, win the national championship. I'm loving my Ohio State championship bet. Two to one is what they are now. Where did What did you get it? Do you, know? you remember? Uh, I want to say it was plus 600. Six to one? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Preseason. CJ Stroud, front runner for Heisman Trophy. And it's a it's an Ohio State team that scored over forty five points five games in a row. And that hasn't been done in the Big Ten. In, in not this year, in the Big Ten ever. So um they're doing some good things. Clemson, Florida State intrigues me on uh, Saturday night. Clemson's ranked fourth. The uh, Seminoles are Four and two, they're a three and a half point underdog. Florida State six and zero oh in their last six as an underdog. Ah, recap it all Monday. Thanks for listening. Saint X Butler tonight, right here on the Big X. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Right.